0: You are listening to Herbs' Video Vault on Anchor.fm. Hello one and all, and welcome back to the Video Vault. This time around, once again, we are diving into the Marvel Cinematic Universe with 2018's Ant-Man and the Wasp. Now, just like the original Ant-Man, this movie is a lot, a lot of fun. Again, it is very well written. It is very well directed. The cast is absolutely fantastic. Again, Paul Rudd just brings the absolute humor and charm to Scott Lang. Hank Pym, once again, portrayed by Michael Douglas. And, of course, Evangeline Lilly is back as Hope Van Dyne. We also have a couple of DC um, jump-overs, one of the original uh, big-screen Catwomen in Michelle Pfeiffer is Janet Van Dyne and we have Lawrence Fishburne who, if you had seen Man of Steel or Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, he played Perry White in those movies and this time around he is a former S.H.I.E.L.D colleague of Hank Pym in Bill Foster. But anyway, put your feet up, grab your popcorn, grab your soda as we dive headfirst again into the MCU with Ant-Man and the Wasp. that spiel is over so yes Ant-Man and the Wasp is the sequel to the 2015 smash hit that was Ant-Man this movie takes place two years after the events of Captain America Civil War which sees our protagonist Scott Lang currently towards the tail end of his house arrest Due to you know the previ- previously said Captain America Civil War, you know being in Germany with Cap and fighting the other Avengers in violation of the Sokovia Accords. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So, if you haven't watched Captain America Civil War, the first part, of this is going to be what's he talking about, Sokovia Accords? What? Why is he under house arrest? Why is this? Why is that? do yourself a favor and watch Captain America: Civil War if you haven't already. So anyway, the um, one of several plots in this movie firstly is around the, again, you know, Scott being under house arrest and pretty much not being in contact at all with uh, Hank or Hope because, you know, they hate his guts after, you know, taking... Hank's, Hank Pym Shrink take over to Germany and getting himself in all sorts of trouble. The main, the main plot in this movie though is trying to resurrect uh, Hank's wife Janet from the quantum realm. We learned a little bit about it in the first Ant-Man movie so uh, it's pretty, pretty interesting sort of thing. We've also got a couple of other plots in there as well um uh, one being the villain of the movie birch who's trying to do whatever he can to get his hands on hank pin's magical shrinking lab to sell for billions and billions of dollars to the right buyer so he can make a bucket load of coin as well as ghost who is trying to Get her life back on track and put an end to the quantum phasing that is pretty much killing her that she's had to deal with for twenty plus years. You got all that. <laughs> There's a lot that goes on in this movie. There's also a couple of running gags that take place as well, including Scott's uh, Ant-Man suit constantly. Uh, Malfunctioning and perhaps probably the worst times uh, imaginable like he can't shrink. He can't enlarge. He just Is caught in this constant up, you know, one minute is this and it's automatically, you know, you shrinks to shrink down and then you know, it's Quarter shrunk and whatever It's just the way that it is but Ant-Man and the Wasp is very, very entertaining. So yes, Scott Lang is under house arrest because of you know, his involvement in Captain. Yeah, where my tongue stopped working, Captain America: Civil War. You know, there's going to be one day I'm going to be able to do one of these videos and just speak with absolute ease. I'm not going to go a because not it's just going to be constant flow throughout. I do know how to speak. So, I just don't know why my tongue decides, nah, you know what, I'm going to stumble and where? Um, yeah. But, yes, so Scott Lang is under house arrest. He's coming up to the end of it. And has sort of had a little bit of a... A dream in the bathtub, like they, you know, ended up having some form of uh, contact or connection with Janet while he was down in the quantum realm, and this results in Scott obviously con- contacting Hank. Um, he gets just leaves a voice message saying, "Yeah, you know, I don't know if this is your number or not, but um, I've had this weird dream. It's like, you know, but well, it's probably nothing." But um, Hope ends up tracking him down, and we get finally out. Obviously, you know, she and Hank have been on the run for two years, and their biggest, the only biggest threat they've ever had is Scott, and they've been pretty much watching everything that he's been doing throughout the whole time of his house arrest. And this is where, you know, we get the exposition where they've sort of, they've sort of come, up, you know, because Scott's come back from the Quantum Realm. Maybe there's a slight chance we might be able to rescue Janet from there and, you know, get everything uh, back on track. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. There's a special part they need, which is where then we get introduced to protagonist uh, antagonist numero uno, which is. Uh, This Birch dude who's, as I said, you know, he's wanting to try to get Hank Pym's lab so he can sell it for buckets and buckets and ducats. There's this really, really, we have this really cool um, five sequence throughout the whole restaurant. It's it's beautifully shot where Hope is just constantly shrinking and... I'm shrinking, fighting these goons off and trying to get her hands on the parts that they need. And there's this really, really cool scene in the kitchen where one of the dudes just starts throwing knives and what you see, uh, just run along the blade and then, you know, knock the guy out and it's a, it's a fun, it's a fun sequence. This is also where we get introduced to Ghost for the first time as well. Which is a really, really cool introduction. It was like, you know, what the hell is that? That, But, you know, what's this strange thing? And uh, it's all really, really well. That whole sequence is really well done. This whole movie in itself is a lot of fun. Like, we get um, Scott obviously, you know, reconnecting with Hope and Hank throughout the course of this movie. You know, taking everything that he's done into account. And of course, you know, he and Louise are, you know, getting this getting the security company off track and it turns out, you know, oh no, you know, the, the days from going broke and things are going wrong and it's just a really, really, it's so well written, it is so well shot again every time, you know, there's a bit of suspicion about what um, Scott is up to, the FBI come to his house, they scope it out, but everything's, you know, it's, everything's uh, hunky-dory, and they're like, oh, damn, I thought I had you this time, but, you know, it's, it's gonna happen, I'm gonna I'm going to get you, you're going to be, you know, locked up and, of course, that doesn't happen, does it? (laughs) The way it all goes, we get this wonderfully, both wonderfully shot and choreographed, uh, chasing down the um, streets of San Francisco, involving not only birch, but also ghost, as well as they're trying to... Get the lab from Scott and Hope, Scott, Hope, and Louise. For one, Birch is just seeing dollar signs everywhere. And as as far as Ghost is concerned, she's just saying, you know, this will, you know, help me survive. This is going to help me live. But anyway, we... I'm also introduced to uh, a former colleague of Hanks, Bill Foster, who used to work with him in Shield. Now he is brilliantly portrayed by Lawrence Fishburne, who has made the jump from DC to Marvel. As is Michelle Pfeiffer, who has made the jump from DC to Marvel. What Marvel. What do you mean? What do you mean by that? I hear you asking already. 1992's Batman Returns. Michelle Pfeiffer played Catwoman. Yeah, so she's made the jump, jump from DC to Marvel. So did Lawrence Fishburne, who in *Man of Steel* and *Batman v Superman* was the editor of the *Daily Bugle* newspaper. Barry White, uh, Perry White. Why have why I got Barry White suddenly on my brain? Maybe I was watching just *The Simpsons* and had that episode of Barry White. No. It Off topic. I know, but uh, yeah, Hank ends up saying to him, saying, "You know, I'm the one that's going to go down into the quantum void. I'm the one that's going to find and rescue Janet," which he does. And like, even the imagery that they use for the quantum realm is absolutely incredible like all the contrast all the different tones of colors and everything they use in there all the effects like you know sort of like Hank's little descent into madness and sort of a little bit of a flashback I guess in the way like being back in Hank's house and you know, there's Scott, there's Hope, there's Bill and then, you know, here comes Janet who ends up, you know, finding him and it's a really, really cool way that they've, um, they've done it all I really think we see the wonderful Fisherman's Wharf in San Francisco again, this is, this is where, um, Scott's suit issues come into play like he's trying his hardest to you know retrieve the lab from birch but he's like can't just get it right because of the right he thinks he's got it and then you know it'll malfunction and he'll grow or he'll you know shrink back down to ant size or whatever but he finally gets it right but yet a similar sort of thing in that we did with in the original Ant-Man with uh, the death, the ant death, but um, compared to, um, but compared to Anthony, like it's not as impactful. This time he's just like trying to summon various other ants so that just, you know, kept getting gobbled up by seagulls. <laughs> it's actually really funny just hearing, he's like, oh, come on not cool man,
1: murderers,
0: and all this, he finally gets onto an ant, but it's very short lived, because that gets gobbled up, and he he falls into the, to the ocean, and then grows huge, like 60 some odd feet, he gets the lab back from birch, and Puts it on land and ends up saying, "Yeah, oh, the air's really chunky. I'm going to fall asleep for five minutes. So he falls backwards into the bay. We get this big nerve wave covering people who are on the wharf. And by this time, Ava's gotten there. She's increased the lab to its full size. Hope manages to get his, um, what do they call it? His regulator working properly just enough just to like get everything sort of back to normal and basically save Scott and it's we get this is where you know we get the final scene we've got Birch and his goons are like trying to muscle in Louise. like you know well you've done you, you've pretty much done your purpose we're basically going to kill you now but his two comrades come up behind and you know taser them and put them down now there is, another, there is a run, another running gag besides Scott's suit not working. It is the um, the truth serum. Although uh, uh, originally, like they kept saying, it's not a truth serum. It's not truth serum. It's like when they're trying to get information out of Louise where Hope and Hank are hiding. It's like uh, this is Uzman, You know, he's got this wonderful, you know, sedative that's going to get, you know, all the information out of you. It's like, oh, is that truth serum? It's like, it's not truth serum. It's like, yeah, it's totally truth serum. It's not truth serum. And eventually, like, after getting tased, obviously Louise uses it on Virginie's two goons, one of them being Usman. And, like, spilling out all this information of everything that they've done. And Usman just looks to the side, sees the syringe and everything lying there next to him and just goes it is truth serum like it realized you just realized like wow it actually is a truth serum like it is this thing i've been saying it wasn't and i thought that was that was really really funny as well we've got the big the big climax where Scott and Hope are battling with Ghost to give Hank and Janet time to come out of the quantum realm and sort of try to resolve everything really and what's going on. Janet sort of assists Ghost a little bit with helping her, you know, stop with her quantum phasing that's, you know, killing her to hopefully sort of prolong her life. We have the cops and everyone coming in. Like, we've got them now. And, you know, Scott comes in with some misdirection. And it's like, oh, giant figures, blah, 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 is at this location. They go there. They keep thinking of Scott, but it's actually, it's just the empty suit. It's just pressed up against this building. Scott's on on phone because he knows, oh, crap, you know, if I'm not here when they inevitably come and raid my house, like, I'm... I'm Totally screwed, and then we we get some misdirection of the uh, main cop who's been on Scott's case the whole time. Woo, he's just gone magic like. It's just like, oh my god, you know, it's classic misdirection. Like we've got to get to Lang's house now, and they're walking through. Like he's not here. Then you know, there's the big reveal. He's just on the electronic drums, just playing away. It's like, oh, that hey, is it like my tea is up already. <laughs> so that was a very, very funny moment. There's also this really, really cool escape sequence as well when after Hope and Hank get captured by the FBI. is like they're trying to devise this way of like how they're going to get out and then all of a sudden, you know, Hope's suit just appears on the table. He's like, Scott, is that you? It's like, yes, yeah, me. come on. And we just hear Hank go, well, what about me? And, you know, I'll all this FBI gear. It's like, perfect. It's like the release, it's the escape in plain sight. Really, so, overall, Ant-Man and the Wasp is a lot of fun to watch. This takes place just leading up to Infinity War. In fact, there's a mid credit scene where Scott goes into the quantum realm to get, you know, quantum particles to help out Ghost and when they're getting ready to bring him back, Thanos strikes and obviously wipes out half of all life. So Hank, Janet and Hope are reduced to dust. And Scott is trapped in the Quantum Realm, so, of course, then we all know what happens. He comes back in endgame and all gets freed in endgame and everyone comes back in endgame and the whole thing, but that's maybe one for another time. I'm I'm umming and ahhing if I'm going to dive deeper. Into the MCU, I may, I may not, but if I do, I might just do like the individual um, franchises. I won't do the whole thing as a hot as you know, all 21 movies now because I've already done Ant Man and Ant Man and a Wasp, so there's still like you know, 21 movies to go. <laughs> Um, I may do them in their little subsections, like I may do the Thor trilogy, I may do the Iron Man trilogy, I may do the Captain America trilogy, or I may do the Avengers, um, we will see. Obviously, I, I love the MCU movies, I think they are absolutely fantastic, I have every single one of them. Almost every single one of them on Blu-ray. The only one that I have on DVD is the original Ant-Man. Minor Detail. Neither here nor that. But still, yes, I strong I recommend pretty much nearly everything from the MCU. Um, if I was to pick one standalone out of them all, I would maybe just say Ant-Man and the Wasp but you'd have to watch Ant-Man and Captain America Civil War anyway to sort of get the gist maybe Guardians of the Galaxy or Iron Man they'd be the two I'd actually suggest people start off with Guardians of the Galaxy and Iron Man yeah I think that's pretty reasonable so, yeah, thank you all so much for checking out this review. The next time we are in the vault, oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. It is going to be 2013's independent. Truth or Dare. I'd never heard of this movie, I watched it the other night with my partner April, and when we both look at each other and say the exact same same thing of this is F word, um, and she's not a big horror fan anyway, I am, and when we're both looking at each other we both think the same thing, oh yeah, um. I think there's a lot more negatives I have with that movie than there will be positives. I guarantee it. But we will get into that next time around.